You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. primary character of the text is Elisha. Elisha's name means God is my salvation. God is the one that delivers me, protects me, and causes me to prosper. God is the one that I call on when I need healing. Money. I call on him because he is a very present help. In time of trouble, according to Psalm 46 and 1. But we know God is is not only a very present help in trouble, but he is a very present help for whatever you need him to be. So Elisha knew that God was his salvation. Your name is not Elisha, but you need to have that same testimony. That needs to be in your being that that despite what you go through in life, and life is filled with ups, downs, troubles, despair, trials, tribulations, etc. But you have to know in the midst of what you go through that God is your salvation. It has to be personal. You, you, you have to know that God is your salvation. Can he say it? He's omnipotent. Matter of fact, he is the only person I know that is omnipotent. He has all power. Nothing should ever cause you to doubt his salvation if you have experienced it. How many in here you have experienced his salvation? You know the power of God is real. You know God can touch you in ways that nobody else can. God can move on your behalf in ways that nobody can. Elisha was a prophet. He was a prophet of God. One that reveals the secrets of God according to Amos 3 and 7. One meaning of a prophet is one who is inspired. Theologically inspired by God. The root meaning of inspire is to breathe. 
And when God breathes on a person, change begins to take place. According to Genesis 2 and 7, Adam was lifeless. But God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And all of a sudden, his fingers began moving. Toes began moving. Eyes began looking. Ears began hearing. He became a living being. In John 20 and 22, Jesus, after teaching his disciples, then breathed upon them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. He was letting them know that the Spirit of God was going to come like the wind or like breath. And once that breath had got down on the inside of them, they would change forever. They would change in their spirit, soul, and body. Some of us know that. You had not been the same person since God breathed on you. You had not been the same person since God put the wind of his spirit on the inside of you. There is nothing like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, according to John 16 and 13, won't just guide you into some truth. It will guide you or he will guide you into all truth. Holy Spirit is not just a Sunday thing. The Holy Spirit is that which tells you what to do in the midst of your trials and tribulation. Tells you what to do when you've gotten a bad report. Tells you what to do when everything that can go wrong is taking place in your life. David so understood the significance and the and the necessity of the Holy Spirit when he had messed up one time he said to God whatever you do don't take your Holy Spirit from me don't take the one that comforts me when, when I get a bad report away don't take the one that can tell me which direction to go in when naturally I don't know what to do Oh, ask somebody, have the Holy Spirit ever got you out of a jam? Have you ever been in a tight place? Have you ever been in a place where naturally you didn't know what to do, but then the Holy Spirit dropped in your being, whether directly or indirectly, exactly what you needed to do. God will breathe on you. And change your life forever. Ooh, I, I, I thought I would have more excited folk. Say to somebody, do you have the Holy Spirit? Do you have the greater one on the inside of you? One writer said, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Letting folks know there is nothing nor nobody that can overpower the one that God put on the inside of me.
the prophet Elisha had been breathed on. He was led by God. Wasn't just a preacher. He was a prophet that was led by God. He was a legitimate son of God. The Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And when you believe a prophet of God, when you believe a son of God, you will prosper. I quote Second Chronicles 20 and 20 to you often. Believe the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. But let's flip it. If you do not believe his prophets, the opposite of prosperity is coming. If I don't prosper, failure, ruin, decline will start to manifest. And sometimes you have to believe something that seems Unbelievable. As I go to drop it on you. For his ways are not as the ways of man. Neither are his thoughts as the thoughts of humans. As far as the heavens are from the earth. So are his thoughts. And so are his ways. Folks laugh at what God puts on the table only to be shown that what God said will come to pass. Jesus showed up to a house and, and folks were, were, were celebrating, mourning, and so forth saying the girl has died. Jesus said not so. She just sleeping. They laughed in his face. Jesus said, where is she? He went in to see her and only took a few folks. Let the folk that were laughing stay on the outside. But they didn't laugh long. Because a few minutes later, that same girl that they said was dead was up and walking. Why is that? Because once God sends for his word, it will not return unto him. For if he tells you it's well, I don't care what happens between the moment he tells you until it manifests. If God said it, he'll bring it to pass. Moses said he's not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? Will he not make it good? Elijah was 
inspired of God and had been telling the king of Israel what the king of Syria was planning. King of Syria wanted to destroy Israel. They were enemies. But God had been giving the prophet exactly what the king of Israel needed. That's one, that's one way he uses his prophets. To give people of God exactly what they need. In reference to their present situation. I love the fact that the king of Israel was not like leadership in our country and in our cities. Some leaders don't want to hear nothing a preacher has to say. Some important folk, such as some of y'all, don't want to hear what a prophet has to say. But the king of Israel listened to what the man of God had to say. And God showed him his salvation Again and again and again. Now, now there are some of you that, that you listen to your prophet. You listen to what God has given me to say. And you have prospered for years. You have experienced salvation again. Anna again, Anna again. And when you receive salvation from God's word, it will mess up the enemy's camp. It will cause the enemy to enter into a state of confusion to the point to where the enemy will not know what to do. It's important to be on the same page. It's important not only to be a hearer of the word, but to be a doer. For James revealed that it's not the hearer that is blessed, but the one that hears and does will be blessed. Get this, in whatever he does. Whether it's on a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or a Saturday. Be blessed in all that you do. And so the king of Syria knew that something is, is going on here. And he didn't have the eye of God. He, he didn't have the mindset of God because he was against God's folk. And so he figured he had a traitor amongst him. 
So he asked the question, will, will, will you not show me or tell me who it is that's for Israel? And against Syria. And one of his servants just spoke up. And said, King, all of us, we, we with you. It's none of us. He said, but what's happening is it's a prophet named Elisha. That the omniscient God has been telling him what you're speaking in private. Elisha was not omniscient. God was omniscient. Elisha was just an instrument that God was using. For Amos 3 and 7 said, surely the Lord God will do nothing unless he reveal his secrets to his servants. So he had been giving Elijah what to say. And so Elisha had been telling the king of Israel what was going on. And so when the king of Syria's servant told him it was the prophet. He wanted to know where he was. Because he wanted to get him. Yeah, I'm going to get him. I'm going to show him. Servant told him that he's in Dothan. He's in the place of two whales. He's in the place where a dual supply is available. Bottom line, he is doubly blessed place. He is in a place of blessings. In a place of overflow. And just like the devil, the king of Syria decided, I'm going to interrupt his blessing. I'm going to Dothan and try to mess up his happy place. See, see, the enemy knows that better is here and better is coming. So he makes it his business to show up to interrupt your better, bigger, good, and happiness. Same way the king of Syria had made up in his mind he was going to interrupt Elijah's life. We're going to go in by night. We're going to make sure he can't get out. We're going to surround the city. 
And I know if I'm going to surround the city, I, I can't just send a hundred folk. I got to send a great on me. I, I, I got to send. Thousands of troops. I don't know what he may be riding. I want to send some chariots too. And we're going to surround the city. We're going to surround it. I got to get it. You have to understand that the enemy wants to get people that God is using. The enemy wants to get people that God has given testimonies of his overcoming power. The enemy wants to get folk that can stand flat-footed and let folk know God is still a healer. The reason you go through so much, child of God, is because of what God has done for you. The reason you go through trouble after trouble is because of the testimony that God has given you that is so powerful that it can affect many and change lives for the better. That's the reason you go through what you go through. That's the reason it seems that time you get out of one battle, you're in another battle. The enemy wants your testimony. He heard you say how God did this, that, and the other. He didn't like it. And he wants to get you out of your blessed place. He want to pull you out of Dothan. But you cannot allow the enemy to mess up your better. Mess up your bigger. Mess up your good. Mess up. The enemy will send all that he has just to get you. I can't tell you how many attacks I go through. I can't tell you how many attacks I have heard that others are going through. It's nothing but the enemy is upset. He's mad because of what God has done. He's doing and he's going to do. Look at somebody and, and, and tell them with a bold, boldly that God is not done with you. And the enemy knows it. Tell two more for God is not done with you, and the enemy knows it. That's 
the reason he'll tax your mind. He'll tax your finances. He'll tax your body. He'll tax this, that, and the other. He's trying to get you to fall. He's trying to get you to get off the page that God has placed you on. But you got to stay on the page. Get this. Get this. The king of Syria should have had the understanding based upon what his servant told him. That, that, that look, if Elijah been knowing what you're doing in private, do you think you can just sneak in? Surround him and he not know. God always gives us a word ahead of time. Woo! He always gives us a word ahead of time. Elijah stayed on the page that he was on. He was indulgent, enjoyed. He was indulgent, modern terms, chilling. When trying to get up early, he was in a blessed place. Enjoying. How many folk have tried to get you to take on the spirit that they have during the pandemic? They're worried and they're trying to get you to worry. They're in panic mode and they're trying to get you in panic mode. They're looking for bad and they're trying to get you to look for bad. But thank God, some of us know God done put us on a page of better and put us on a page of good and happiness and we're not going to allow any enemy to move us from that. Say to your name, I'm going to stay right where God done told me to stay. And look at another person. And I hope you're on the same page with me. You can't have an army. Come into a city. Without somebody knowing something going on. Elijah was resting. But his servant got up early. Got to look. That made Israel's colors. Serious colors. 
It looked like about a hundred of them right here. Let me go over here. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. They over here too. Why did they around here? Ooh, Jesus. They are everywhere. God have mercy. Let me get on back to the house. I, I, I just wonder if he woke up the prophet. The text is not said, but I just wonder if he woke him But when he got back home, I want you to know that I want to go back to the text just for a minute. I, I need you to really see this. Hold on. I'm, I'm almost done. Just hold on. I want, you, I want you to notice this. Notice verse 7. No, no, no. Let me back up. Notice verse 15, the latter part. Now, when he, now notice in verse 15, when he saw that the city was surrounded, he came back to the prophet. And notice the first word that comes out of his mouth. Alas. Which expresses... Grief, sorrow, regret, unhappiness, or fear. That's what it expresses. Alas, first thing. Alas, letting the prophet know, I'm scared. I'm scared. Alas, my master, what we going to do? What we going to do? Speaking in the presence of a man of God, that which kills. First John 4 and 18 says, fear has torment or involves torment. First John 4 and 18. Torment has the capacity to kill you. And then Solomon said in Proverbs, 18 and 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so he was speaking death in the presence of God's prophet. 
And he knew that the prophet of God had, had been giving Israel a word that had been causing them to experience salvation again and again and again. And here he is, the adjutant of the man of God, asking him what we going to do. Clearly not a faith walk. Clearly not a person. That knows that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Clearly a person does, does not understand. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. By it the elders obtain a good testimony. Clearly a person that does not understand. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. For we walk by faith not by sight. report I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do why, why you gonna figure out why not let the Holy Spirit do what he was put in you to do guide you in it isn't it amazing we got somebody on the inside of us that can guide us show us what to do but we still want to use our own to sense as the old folks say, what we gonna do? What he wanted to know. See, you can't allow something to control you that God didn't give you. Second Timothy one and seven says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Whenever something gets to controlling you, that's a spirit. When fear gets to controlling you, it's, it's one thing to be fearful about what you see, but for that thing to start causing you what to think, say, and do means that it is in control, not the Holy Spirit. Which means it's not just a normal fear, but it's a spirit of fear. Something is leading you that God didn't give you. I don't know what to do because such and such. You don't. Who are you being led by? Oh, I see that spirit of fear. That's what's telling you to act like you acting, to talk like you talking, and to ignore what you should be eating up. God's word. For man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from God's mouth, from God's preaching. How shall they hear without a preach? How shall they preach except he has been sent or anointed? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. What we going to do? 
ain't getting me on the same page with you. He was trying to get Elijah on the same page with him. And if Elijah would have got on the same page with him, he would have been on the same page with his enemy. He wanted to know what Elijah was going to do based upon what he saw. I'm fearful. So aren't you fearful too? What we going to Elijah dropped something on him he couldn't handle. It was so simple he couldn't handle it. He said, oh, and he had seen everything out there. But, he, he, but Elijah dropped on him something that, 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 that he probably looked at him even though he didn't say it as if he was telling a lie. Elijah said, hey, those that are with us are more than those that are against us. Now, in the text, we, he didn't call him no lie. But in his mindset, he did. Because he didn't receive the word that he told him. He didn't receive it. He didn't say it. He didn't say he didn't receive it. But he didn't receive it. And it's evident because of what Elisha did next. He discerned that he didn't receive it. I discern that sometimes. Sometimes folk come to the altar. I pray as well. They like, oh, I was thinking I was gonna shake or fill a boat. Who told you you was gonna fill a boat? Is that word? A shake? Is that word? You you have to be so mature to where you you understand. Like a centurion said to Jesus, all you need to do is just speak the word. That's all you got to do. Just speak the word. That, that's enough for me. You got to know that when God sends his word, that's enough. Why is the word enough? Because the word is that which created everything that you see. The word is enough. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Everything that was made was made by him. And without him, nothing was made that was Hey, John 1, 1 through 3. The word is enough. And he spoke it, but he didn't receive it. He just knows that are with us or, or more. And sometimes when, when God done told you and opposition comes against you, well, God, his word is more powerful than that. Just like that, Pastor? Yep, just like that. And even though you start battling your mind because that's part of it, you still hold on to God's word said such. God told me such. And that's it. His word is enough. His word is enough. And then he turned around and he had to pray. He said, Lord, open his eyes. Lord, I don't want him to be on the page of the enemy. I don't want him to be looking at the literal when he should be focusing on you. I don't want him acting like a person that does not know you. 
I want him on the same page that I'm on. A Christian should never act like he or she is not one. You Christian, that means Christ-like. Christ equates anointed. You should always act like you're anointed. The anointing empowers. You may get thrown for a loop, but you are anointed. You got to get back up. You got to be Christ-like. He wanted his servant to be united with him. He couldn't have a person with him, serving him, ministering with him, that was not on the same page. You can't be an elder but not on the same page with your pastor. You can't be a minister but not on the same page with senior ministers. You can't be a deacon but not on the same page with the head deacon. We got to have the same spirit. You can't be a member of the church and the church believes Malachi 3, believes in tithing and you don't. That's wrong. And that hinders God's blessings And so the prophet, he, he loved him even though he was in the wrong. Loved him to the point to where his concern was not the trouble that was on the outside. His concern was what was going on with his servant on the inside. I'm concerned about you. Lord, you got to open his eyes. I done gave him a word, but he won't receive what I'm... You're going to have to open his eyes. And so God honored what the prophet said. Like he's, like he's done, if you read the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, he honors his prophets. He honors their words. Open his eyes so he can see. And of course, he, he wasn't talking about literal because he already was looking literal. That's what got him in the place he was in. Fearful. He opened up his eyes. And, and, and I, I got to j- just say this. Even though he didn't receive the word, the prayer got through. The prayer got through. He allowed God to do what Elijah requested. And he opened his his eyes. And then all of a sudden it says, and and he saw. He He had a vision. Elijah was right there 
with him, but he saw a vision. And in the vision, he saw that God's salvation his protection was around Elijah and fire was there. God is a consuming fire. Let him know I'm going to consume his enemies. His enemies ain't going to be able to touch him. He didn't see himself in the picture because he He wasn't in the place he needed to be. But he needed to see that as long as he followed Elisha, he was covered. Why did he want them to be united? Because, first of all, Jesus said, a house that is divided will not stand. He said two things are going to happen. He said, but, but the most important thing, well, the thing that I want to deal with is that he said that it will be brought into desolation. One meaning of desolation is unhappiness. Ruin. He, he, he was in Dothan, a place of blessings. Place where they needed to be happy. See, happy, happy is one of the Key words to prosperity. A person that's truly prosperous is happy. No matter what he or she goes through, if a person is truly prosperous, he or she is happy. Y'all still with me? Hold on. I'm almost done. And, and so... If they're on the same page, according to Psalm 133, they will see good and pleasant things happen. Remember what David said in Psalm 133, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. How what? Good. Beneficial. How pleasant. Pleasing. Pleasing. Agreeable. But you have to be on the same page. Age. I'm going to stop right there. Let's get the Lord a hand of praise. Yeah. Have to be on the same page.